change! I have so much anger. I feel like I've been raped. In the face! At no point in your rambling were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Guess you just discovered a new element! This is the element of surprise. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Element of Surprise. My name is Chadwick J. Suet, and as usual, I'm going to be your host on this little shindig we take together every once in a while. Now, before we get into anything tonight, I do want to let you know that I have six pages worth of actual material written down. And, uh, you know, again, it's in no discernible order because I'm not that... Uh, that put together. After all, I mean, there is a certain standard of excellence i got to hold myself to, and... Uh, it's just above, you know, bathing and wiping my own ass. But um, getting right into it after that, I, I you know, this is going to be a very special episode for me because amongst other things, I'm going to talk about my current favorite, um, you know, bit of uh, trending news in the world, which is the, the ongoing feud between Cardi B, who apparently is a female rap star, and Nicki Minaj, who also apparently is a female rap star. And I'll explain more about that as the show goes on and why it's so hilarious to me. Um, I'm also going to talk about a co-worker that, of mine and uh, all the little idiosyncrasies he's got going on. I'm going to talk about uh, the main, well, my opinions on Brock Lesnar returning in the main event of uh, 2018's uh, Hell in a Cell, which was last night. It was the WWE pay-per-view. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Hurricane Florence and uh, just some various other things we got going on. But before I get to anything special, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some events that the Element of Surprise has coming up. Um, this holiday season, you know, is the holiday, each day, the holidays get closer and closer. Every day that passes by is another step closer to the holiday season. And, you know, thanks, Halloween's coming up, Thanksgiving is right around the corner, and after that, we got Christmas. Well, this Christmas time, I have plans. I've spoken to my friend, Bill Sines, who I'm sure you've heard on this, uh, on this very podcast uh, do color commentary over the film Killer Clowns from Outer Space with me. Um, me and Bill have decided that we'd like to do Christmas caroling this year, but not just any form of Christmas caroling. We're going to do Christmas caroling with Krampus. And this is uh, this this idea came up to me came to me as we were talking about it in the idea of like I always wanted to see someone like just come out of the bushes and like scare off some uh, Christmas carolers. To which Bill replied, "Oh, like like a monster or something." I'm like, "Yeah, like a monster or crumpets or something." He started laughing. I understood then that I had captured lightning in a bottle. It was like lightning had struck the 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 tip of my penis, and I had ejaculated greatness into a bottle. So I, I, you know, I decided to, ca to, to put a lid on that. And so here's how Christmas caroling with Krampus is going to go. Bill is going to dress up as the mythical holiday figure Krampus. Uh, a group of 
you know, myself and uh, various other, hopefully some of you members of the EOS Army, will then go Christmas caroling, singing songs from door to door. Now, what Bill as Krampus is going to do is he's going to go uh, through back alleys and find ways through backyards around the house where the, the owners can't see because they're going to be preoccupied on us singing the Christmas carols. We are there to divert their attention, basically, because they are the marks. So then, as we're singing the Christmas carols, Bill, or Krampus, is going to rush out from a hidden location and scare off the unsuspecting carolers. Now, the carolers, myself, uh, member, you members of the U.S. Army that join us, we're completely aware of the impending Krampus attacks. But the homeowners, they're just not going to be aware of anything. They're going to just be trying to experience the uh, and enjoy the holiday cheer of uh, people singing, you know, Christmas songs to them. They're un completely unaware of the Krampus attack, which is why I think it's funny, and I really want this to happen. Uh, me and Bill have yet to set a date, but we are going to make this happen. And if you, if you, my, my faithful listeners, would like to be part of Christmas Caroling with Krampus, get in touch with me through the Facebook page. Now that I've said that. You're probably thinking, Facebook? Facebook, isn't that that uh, social, social media, that networking site for friends? I, I, I think I've heard of this Facebook somewhere before. Well, you have. You probably have it on your phone. You probably have it on your computer. You might have uh, friends who've told you about Facebook. But you yourself can sign up for Facebook, and if you do that, you can log in to the Element of Surprise Facebook page. It is www.facebook.com backslash E-O-S, the letters E-O-S, the, the, and the words mentally irregular. All one word, E-O-S, mentally irregular. Facebook.com backslash E-O-S, mentally irregular. I think I can say that one more time. Uh, www.facebook.com backslash, how'd it go? I forget. EOS Mentally Irregular. Check us out there. That's our Facebook page. That's our, our home base, so to speak. And, um, you know, give us a like, give us a review, which in the last episode uh, you heard me call a rating for some reason, but I guess I was a little off my game. But yeah, leave us a review. Uh, let us know how many stars you think the element of surprise is worth. And uh, I'll, I'll look forward to, to, to welcoming you. Um, from there, you can also join the Element of Surprise group. And if you made it that far, you've obviously heard a little bit of the sweet, dulcet tones of my voice. And uh, where, where, where did you hear those? Maybe you, maybe you uh, clicked on the link to the uh, podcast. Maybe a friend sent it to you, sent you the download, or sent you the link. Well, I'm going to tell you where you can find all the episodes from now on. You just go to www.podbean.com. As a matter of fact... Let's make it easier. Go to eosmentallyirregular.podbean.com and find all of the Element of Surprise episodes right there. That'll take you straight to our hosting page, and you can listen. You can listen with your ears and with your heart to every episode of the Element of Surprise. Okay. Um, also, I have this idea. I haven't really, uh, you know, run this one even uh, by by uh, the the girlfriend yet. But I, I had this idea where I just want to have everybody do, like, an inappropriate costume party. 
and uh, you know, just make it a roundtable event. Just set the mic up, and just everybody shows up in costumes, and we explain who are or what our inappropriate costume is and why, and then just kind of put that out there. You know, um, the point of that would be to uh, come over, sit down, and just enjoy uh, company amongst friends around the Halloween uh, solstice. But uh, wear, a, wear a costume that is taboo or socially or sexually or racially or ethically inappropriate or insensitive in some way. Like, uh, like maybe you could dress up like, uh, and I'm going to give you away this one for free, but you can't do it because it's already, I've already decided I'm going to do it. In the 20s and 30s, there was a singer. His name was Al Jolson. A-L, and then Jolson, I think, was J-O-L-S-O-N or S-E-N or something like that. Anyway, he was a singer, you know, like a, like a crooner, kind of like uh, what Frank Sinatra and then would be, later be. But uh, he was also notorious. He was a white guy, and he was also notorious for portraying himself in blackface, which uh, just it was incredibly, incredibly insensitive. So I thought maybe I might uh, costume as Al Jolson this year, complete with blackface. Um, maybe I won't. You know, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get the costume on, I'll look myself in the mirror, and I'll be disgusted with myself and say, and find out that I actually do have an inner monologue and a line and a conscience of some sort. But, you know, uh, that's the point. Just wear a costume that is taboo or, you know, some sort of ethically or racially inappropriateness. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe dress up like, like a priest and also be carrying like a baby or something like that. I don't know. Uh, you know, some costume. You figure it out. You're smart people, I'd like to hope. But, um, you know, and then join, the, join us here at EOS headquarters in Delmont for a roundtable discussion. Um, you know, maybe we'll have party games like bobbing for assholes or something like that. I don't know what that is, but, uh, you know, maybe we'll do something. Absolutely nothing's off the table, of course, because it's the element of surprise. But those are thing, things I'd like to, little events I'd like to get together in the upcoming months and uh, weeks as we kind of bring 2018 to a close. Okay, now that that's out of the way, and thank you for bearing with me for the first 10 minutes. Uh, now that that's out of the way, let's get right into it. And uh, first thing I want to address is Hell in a Cell 2018. Not the best booked event I've ever seen, but some of the best matches. I, I give uh, the Shield versus uh, Ziggler and McIntyre, I give that a strong B-plus rating. I think that was a strong match, and uh, you know definitely took the feud where it needed to go. Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella against uh, The Miz and Maurice. I could have done without. It was basically just a rehash of Miz and uh, Bryan, Daniel Bryan's SummerSlam match, in my opinion, but had the girls involved. And, you know, the, the, the list goes on. But I really don't want to talk about the whole event. I want to talk about the main event. I want to talk about the Hell in a Cell main event for the Universal title between Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman, who cashed in his money in a bank. Uh briefcase to to have this match and uh first off uh, the hell in the cell structure is apparently red now for some reason i don't know why that may was a thing but uh, i i found it harder to watch because of it i liked it better when it was just steel colored um but that's neither hither nor thither um anyway so nearing the end of that match spoiler alert brock lesnar returns and Brock uh, comes down, and uh, Paul Heyman, his advocate, is there. And they go to the referee, and Paul Heyman's demanding the key to let Brock Lesnar into the cell to attack uh, Roman and attack Braun. Now, keeping in mind, earlier, during this same match, uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, members of the Shield, uh, came down to try to break in and help out Roman against Braun. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre came down as well to try to help Braun against Roman. They all tried to break into the cell 
none of them were successful. That, that's why their fight was taken to the top of the cell and, you know, all this stuff. But Brock, he gets impatient waiting for Paul Heyman to get the key off this uh, timid and cowardly referee who, um, who won't give up the key to, the, to get, let him inside the cell. So Brock, he just single-handedly kicks the door off its hinges. And, um, you know, showing how, how beastly strong and dangerous Brock Lesnar is. And that's when I noticed, that's when I noticed Brock Lesnar is growing a beard. He's unshaven. He has facial hair. Not something typical of Brock Lesnar. So, you know, he kicks the door straight off the hinges. And that's because he's bearded and now obviously more dangerous. Um, so, you know, as this is happening, uh, Paul Heyman, uh, I guess, maced. Mick Foley, I don't know, he sprayed something. It looked like just an aerosol can in his face, but I guess that was supposed to be Mace. But uh, my, my main point of all of this is, you know, Lesnar gets in there, he F5s Reigns, he F5s uh, Strowman, and they, they can't continue the match. And for the first time in history, a Hell in the Cell no disqualification match ends in uh, no contest because neither man is able to continue the match. And yeah, you can argue; they can argue and say, oh, well, they put each other through hell, so the F5 was the final nail in the coffin. Keeping in mind that 20 years ago, Mick Foley was thrown off the top of the cell, then climbed back on top of the cell and chokeslammed through it to the ring below. Um... The, the fall through it, I believe, Mick had later said, was not supposed to even happen that way. It was supposed to, he was just supposed to take the choke slam on top of the cell, but it actually did give way and collapse through. It was a shocking moment. He, he wrote about it in his autobiography, which I used to own, and I've read it multiple times. But anyway, um, my point being is that he goes off the top of the cell, not off the side of the cell like Rollins and a lot of other people do, off the top of the cell, climbs back up onto it, and then goes through the cell itself to the ring below, getting hit in the face with a chair. Guy gets up, still finishes the match. He stands up, still finishes the match. But uh, a, a, an F5 from Brock Lesnar puts Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman out of commission. They're done. They can't stand up. They can't continue the match. It's a, no, it's, it's, it's a no contest because Brock Lesnar has done this. And, and, and you wonder, well, if Mick Foley could, could continue the match, how could one little F5 uh, put them out? And I've got the answer for you again. It's he's got a beard now. And that obviously means, again, that Brock Lesnar is more dangerous than he ever has been because he's bearded Brock Lesnar. It's like Samson and Delilah. You remember uh, the, that old biblical tale, Samson had the long hair, and so he was the strong man, and then Delilah cut his hair, and apparently his penis shriveled up, and he no longer had strength, and he was very embarrassed about himself, and they killed him a lot, like a lion ate him or some shit. But um, kind of the same thing. As Brock Lesnar's already crazy man strength is now uh, tripling with each quarter inch that the beard becomes to basically to the point where if he grows out like a Braun Strowman or a ZZ Top beard, he'll be able to like lift small houses and F5 houses, which is exactly what I want to see him do. I want him to grow a beard out like down to his like down to like midway through his like torso. And then I just want to see him F5 trailers from a trailer park straight into space because I believe he could do it because beard more dangerous. Also, I think uh, the longer the beard gets, the less mentally stable he'll become, and he'll actually start, like, physically taking bites out of people, and, like, you know, he'll eat part of Paul Heyman. You'll see Paul Heyman walk out with, like, a, like a, 
a prosthetic leg and maybe like one or maybe you like he'll have like one of those wooden hands that they, people put the leather glove over because they don't want you to know it's like uh, it's a fake hand and that's because Brock Lesnar has eaten Paul Heyman's hand. <laughs> that's what I believe is going to happen. So I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how this bearded Brock Lesnar progresses. Um, to be more, to be completely honest, I, I think this little rant I've gone on about uh, Brock Lesnar growing a beard and not making him a dangerous cannibal is more entertaining than the actual storylines they've got going on on Raw and SmackDown right now. So, um, you know, thank you. I, I, maybe you agree, maybe not. But um, now I'm going to talk to you a little bit, a little bit about Hurricane Florence. So, you know, that's the big hurricane in North and South Carolina. You know, it's the deadly one, and it's it was like a Category 4 storm, and then they downgraded a bunch of times. But um, So last Thursday, the day before the hurricane hit, they had um, Mike Sedell from the uh, Weather Channel, and they had Anderson Cooper down in, you know, right as the rains were starting, down in North or South Carolina, respectively. I don't remember exactly where. Uh, doing their their weather report, showing how dangerous this storm was. And you had uh, Mike Sedell, and he was like, you know, the wind was blowing, and he's screaming into his microphone, little 75-mile-per-hour winds. He's he's braced on someone's lawn, you know, with his hand on, like, a road sign, like, to, like, keep himself from blowing away in these high winds. And, you know, he's screaming over the winds to make sure that everybody understands his weather report. And the wind is whipping at his clothes. And then you see, like, in the background, not even 10 feet away, two couples, or, like, two people, and, like, they're wearing, like, a t-shirt and a pair of shorts, and the water's barely up to their ankles. And they're just strolling by, and there's, like, no wind, and they're completely unaffected by the weather. So he got caught bullshitting. And it's apparently blown up into this thing. Um, which is not normally something I would talk about or even acknowledge or even know happened because I don't give a shit about that kind of stuff. But my, uh, a, a, a somebody I work with pointed it out to me and I, it, it just became laughable. It's like, okay. And then they showed me that, uh, you know, as this a thing was quote unquote going viral, that, uh, there's a news anchor in, um, North Carolina on channel news eight named Eric Sorensen. And he basically admitted that it was all bullshit by saying, well, just so we can let the people know that it is a very dangerous storm, but it is common to shoot a report in such a way to show the severity of the storm. So that way you know that it's not, it's no laughing matter. And then meanwhile, Anderson Cooper is doing the same storm. And, um, you know, he's, he's like, there are photos of him, like, where he's, like, pointing to, like, water that's, like, up to, like, the water's a little higher. It's, like, up to about his uh, calf muscle or something like that. And he points to a certain spot, and one of his, uh, like, cameramen or, like, uh, you know, producers or some shit is, like, giving him a thumbs up. And then, like, you can see the photos. You look them up online. You can look it up. Say, Anderson, uh, look up Anderson Cooper, uh, fake hurricane report. And they'll show you the pictures of him, like, kneeling down and, like, making the water, like, like he's, like, gets on his knees, which I'm sure is normal for fucking Anderson Cooper, by the way. And, uh, he gets on his knees so that way the water comes up to his waist. And he, uh, you know, then he, and then he does the report that way. So they shot it to make it look like he was up to his waist in water from the hurricane flooding, but he was really just, uh, getting down on his knees. Um, not the first or last time Anderson Cooper will be up to his waist in a liquid while he's on his knees, by the way. Um, again, dun dun that wasn't a gay joke, that was an Anderson Cooper joke, so, you know, whatever backlash comes at me, I don't really give a shit about it anyway. Um, 
So that 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 I found funny. Now, I'm gonna speaking of a coworker because it was a coworker who showed me that Anderson Cooper thing. I'm gonna talk about a coworker I work with who I I think I started to bring up in one of the previous episodes and said I was gonna talk about and I just haven't yet. Um, I'm not gonna tell you the guy's name because I just don't think that would be fair. Because in all honesty, before I even get into him. I, I really just believe he's just a lonely guy, and that kind of explains why he is the way he is. But I, I don't know for a certain. He might just be some sort of fuckhead, some sort of, like, fucking, like, you know, he, he, he might be, like, a mentally disabled fucktard for all I know. But, uh, you know, so he's a co-worker, and let me describe him to you. If I had to describe his appearance to you, it would be he is a six-foot-five possibly albino, and I say possibly albino because the skin pigmentation is, like, off. Like, he's not completely white, and he doesn't have, like, the pink eyes that, like, you know, uh, have no pigment and, like, stare deep into your soul and burn your eyes out when you make eye contact with him. And he's not standing there over you, like, like Shang Tsung ripping your soul out in Mortal Kombat. But but his skin is very, very light. And it's not like that gray color that people get whenever they're just run down. It's, like, white. And his hair is white, but he's not, like, he's not completely albino white, if you understand. He's got some pigmentation to him, is what I'm saying. Um, so he's six foot five feet tall, possibly albino, and looks exactly like comedian Louis Anderson. Um, for those of you who don't know Louis Anderson, you know, I don't know where the fuck have you been for the past, like, 25 years. But he's on that show Baskets with... Um, Zach Galifianakis is the clown. He plays Bas- He plays Basket's mom. He's Zach Galifianakis's mom is the actor uh, Louis Anderson. So imagine a six foot five, possibly albino Louis Anderson, and this is the that's what he looks like. And he comes in and he sits down next to me, and um, you know, first off, first off, he he shows up to work in in his car, and I'm not going to tell you what kind of car he has because I don't want you to go and look for the car. But this is what contain this is what his car contains. It contains more empty fast food containers than I have ever physically seen in one location that was not a dumpster of a fast food restaurant. So his car is effectively just like a, a like an an automo an automotive like dumpster for Burger King, McDonald's, uh, Blaze Pizza, places like that. And he's just loaded, like the back seats, the front seats, the passenger seat. They're just loaded with empty fucking containers for all the fast food that this guy eats, which explains why he looks like Louis Anderson. Um, so he's sitting next to me at work the other day, and uh, he's got his phone out, and he's Google searching on his phone. And it's very, you know how like sometimes if you don't turn the, uh, turn the keys down, it makes that annoying clack, 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 clack sound as you're typing? Here, a matter of fact, I, I, I have... My keys, I have the volume down on them, but I don't have it down enough that you can't hear it. So allow me to do the sound for you now. It'll do this sound. I don't know if any of you guys could hear that or not. But anyway, it makes the, the key sound as you're texting with your keys. And uh, so he's doing his Google searches. And so... I set up my, my, my paperwork at work to make it look like I'm studying and learning about new product, but really, I'm doing it so that way I can look over to my immediate right and just kind of look at his Google searches and see what it is this, this, uh, this albino, freaky, Louis Anderson beast man 
uh, looks up in his free time. What is it that makes him tick? And these are the I, these are the exact Google searches that he was looking up because I wrote them down. I wrote them down in order. Number one, types of bacon. Number two, ham and matzo balls. Ham and matzo balls. I've never, you know, I've, I've had matzo balls, don't care for them, but I've never seen ham and matzo balls as a combination together, but he was Google searching it uh, so that way he could have his way with it. And by that, I mean eat it. Then, the next one was Monroeville, PA, best barbecues. Like places that serve the best barbecue in Monroeville. Followed... Uh, five minutes later by just one word, breakfast. So we've gotten the first four out of the way, and it's all fucking food. It's all food. Types of bacon, ham and matzo balls, Monroeville PA best barbecues, and breakfast. Those are the first four Google searches. Keeping in mind, he's been there 20 minutes and has already gone through these four. And he's making notes, too. From his Google searches. I'm making notes of what the fucking shit is that he's typing. He's making notes of where these, you know, where the best ham and matzo balls in Monroeville, PA, or the best barbecue from Monroeville can be found. Because he's going to go there. And he's going to fill up more of his car. He's going to have to go buy a second car. He'll go down the street to, uh, to Monroeville Kia Mazda or Day Ford or something like that and buy a second car just so he can fill up more empty uh, containers from his, from his eatings. Um, and then he, again, he looked up breakfast. And then the next thing he looks up is men's big and tall store. Because he intends to eat so much that the clothes he currently has won't fit him anymore. And he needs to get bigger and better clothes from a men's big and tall store. Then he looks up the word, the words steakhouse. Non-specific. He doesn't specify exactly what steakhouse, uh, what, 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 a location for a steakhouse. He doesn't put in steakhouse Pittsburgh or, you know steakhouse Japanese or like a style or type of just just steakhouse leaves it very very open very vague no nothing specific about it just the word steakhouse then you know a customer comes in he goes to help the customer about an hour passes uh, he sits back down and he googles the word ham again this is the second time now he's done the word ham but he did ham. And then uh, after looking up ham, he immediately switched over to P.F. Chang's Mongolian beef. And then at, right after that, had to cook Mongolian beef. And then he uh, opened his Yumly app and typed in Mongoli, Mongolian beef there. Which also perplexed me because he had the Yumly app on his phone. Yumly is uh, a website where they have recipes on how to cook things. But uh, he goes out of his way to not use Yumly to go to Google and search all these things through the Google first to make sure that he's they're worthy of his time to go into Yumly and actually find the recipes for. And what he what I guess he settled on was PF Chang's Mongolian style beef. Um, and if you think that's enough about this guy, oh no, we've only just begun. We've only just begun. Um, good thing I sang because that's something else this guy does. He will sing to his customers. They'll come in and he'll say, "Hey, welcome. Uh, what brings you in today?" And they'll say, oh, I, you know what, I need a dishwasher. And without clarifying anything, like, they might, you know, they might be looking for a white dishwasher with no handles and a, and a plastic tub, cheap bottom of the line. He'll go, I've got just the one for you. Follow me to this dishwasher. And he'll take them to the most expensive dishwasher. And it'll be like 
black stainless steel with three racks and you know a stainless steel tub and three heating devices and it gets it, it you know it pressure washes your stuff for you and you know then he complains whenever they don't buy from him because he didn't ask them any questions he didn't ask them what they're looking for they aside from the fact that they're looking for a dishwasher or a refrigerator. I've got just the fridge for you. Okay, well, I'm on a budget. I don't want to spend more than $500. Come take a look at this fridge. And it's like a $2,400 fridge. And, you know, he says he sings and ignores people. And he's a real asshole about things. Uh, which leads me into the other thing he does to his other co-workers. Is he will ask you a question when you're working with him. He'll ask you questions that are so ridiculously vague... I have to wonder if he does it on purpose because it makes them nearly impossible to answer. And I've written down examples of actual questions he's asked to either me or some of my other co-workers. Example one. Hey, have you ever uh, had that soup they got at that place near Tarentum? Yep. Have you ever had that soup they got at that place near Tarentum? Well, that narrows it down. You know what? I, I have, and that is delicious soup. I, you know what? I believe, actually, that's the Muppet soup that I've been uh, wanting from the kids in the hall, I, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is the Muppet soup. You just shoot it right in the head. No, that's not what it is. He just, it's a vague question. You have no way of answering it, but then he stares at you, w w like, wide-eyed with his freaky, partially albinoized uh, soul stealers to, in, in, in hopes of, like, getting an answer out of you. Uh, another example of a question this, this, this man has asked is... Don't you just hate it when that causes buildup and slime in your rain gutters? Don't you just hate it when that causes buildup and slime in your rain gutters? When what causes buildup and slime in my rain gutters? The time of year, the heat and the humidity in the summer, the, the rain and the leaves from the fall? What? What the fuck specifically are you talking about? I might hate it. I might. I might be cool with it. I don't know, because you're not fucking specific on your goddamn question. Third question that he's actually asked, and this one is the one that completely boggles my mind uh, more than anything. Hey, did you, did you notice outside today? What's going on out there? Did I notice outside today what's going on out there? Uh... Well, it looks to me, if I had to guess, let me stand up, walk to the storefront, and stare out at Route 22, because it looks to me like people going about their lives. That's what it looks like, what's going on out there. Are you referring to weather? I was like, did a fucking dragon come up out of the road and just start fucking eating cars? Is there a goddamn orgy going on in the road that I somehow overlooked? Hey, what's going on out there? Do you notice what's going on out there today? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. You tell me because you clearly have asked the question expecting an answer and trying to lead into a conversation. You're trying to break the ice somehow, but you're, you, you try to break the, this guy tries to break the ice with a sledgehammer. You know, he's not, he's not just like, oh, hey, did you notice that weather out there? Pretty hot. Yeah, yeah, it is hot. And then you can, you can go into the conversation from there, but that's not what he says. Oh, hey, huh. Did you notice it out there today? What's going on out there? Where? In the world? On Earth? Oh, a bunch of shit. People are being born. People are dying. Uh, drugs, rape, murder, 
churches, politics, religion, uh, everything. Everything is happening at every point in the world at some place or another. That's what's going on out there. I think I've answered your question. Shut the fuck up. Now, last thing about him. Last thing about this guy. Going back to his Google searches, he cannot remember what fucking day of the week it is. You'll ask him, you're like, hey, do you work tomorrow? Oh, no, I don't work tomorrow. Today's Saturday, so I'm off tomorrow. No, today's Tuesday. It's not even close to fucking Saturday. You're off by like four or five days. Oh, well, I honestly don't know. Oh, you said it was Tuesday, right? Yes, it's Tuesday. Did you know that uh, tomorrow, being Wednesday, now that I know that, Blaze Pizza has their two-for-one special, and he will tell you explicit details about menu specials and uh, deals for most restaurants between Pittsburgh through Monroeville. From Pittsburgh through Monroeville. And he knows this based on the day of the week. But he doesn't know what day of the week it is. You gotta clarify that shit for him. But as soon as he does know, oh, there you go. You know what? Today's the day to get to that uh, that wood fire grill pizza joint up the road, Blaze Pizza, because they got some good. T- oh man, you know what I love to do on Fridays? I go down to. Well, they used to do it. They haven't done it since about August of 2012. Is you used to go down to KFC and they get one of them bowls, but on uh, on every Friday, well, they quit doing this again. It was around uh, August, beginning of September in 2012. Maybe it was 2013. I don't, oh, you know what, look out there, what's happening out there in the world, I don't know, but uh, they used to have, used to go get two-for-one classic bowls at KFC on Friday, but they haven't done that in a few years, you know what they do now, and he'll go on about the details of this fucking menu shit, he knows all that shit inside now, he's got that shit fucking internalized, memorized, it, that shit is spray-painted on the fucking walls of his, of his memory palace, but he can't tell you what fucking day of the week it is, and he can't ask a question that's not so vague you have no idea what the fuck he's talking about and that's a guy i work with luckily only like twice a week because if i worked with him daily i would i would i would put my thumbs in his fucking freaky possibly albino eyes and i would just push and push and push and i'd be in jail right now and not recording this podcast for you um okay you know what that actually i broke a sweat over that one and it actually kind of felt good to get out but um you know i'm gonna I'm not going to go straight into the next thing after that. I'm actually going to switch gears a little bit here and go into, um, you remember, you remember one of my favorite shows of all time and, uh, possibly yours. If I know my listening, if I know my fan base, it's probably one of your favorite shows of all time too, was, uh, to catch a predator with Chris Hansen. And that was the show where like a sexual offender or sexual predator would go online and they would start an a an, an AOL instant messenger chat with a, with somebody and it would, uh, they'd say like they were underage girl or boy, and they were like, oh, well, I'm only 16. And like they, the predator would say they, the possible pedophile, they had to call them the predator. They couldn't call them the pedophile on the show. Chris Hansen said that. We um, would get lured into a trap basically and travel hundreds of miles possibly to show up and think that they're going to, they're going to bang this underage person. And then they walk into the house. And the house is always the same house. It's a, it's never the house never changed in any of the episodes that I ever seen. It's always the same setup. And as he gets there, you know, there's somebody who says, "Oh, hi, I'm the I'm the child person that you want to have sexual relations with. Wait right here while I go change my clothes." And then as they they wait on a couch, Chris Hansen, turtleneck and all, comes out, and you know he um he 
he starts asking them questions and reading off the, the transcript of their conversation. Well, that was one of my favorite shows of all time. And I, I really want them to, they, like, they don't make it anymore. They don't do it anymore. I think someone killed themselves or some shit, some, some bullshit for them to take it off the air. But what I want them to do is it's not on DVD. So they should put it on DVD or Blu-ray, like in a complete collection, like the complete To Catch a Predator series on Blu-ray disc. And I will buy that shit and I will, I will fucking binge watch it uh, religiously. Like once a year, I'll be like, oh, time to catch a predator. But um, more than importantly than that, uh, just this past weekend, the newest movie in the Predator series came out called The Predator. And I, you know, my mind being the working the way it does, I miss, I just mashed, mashed the two together, and I want to see to catch the predator. And it would be, you know, Chris Hansen, of course, would have to host it. And what you do is you get like a, like a, like a muscle-bound guy from a gym, to like be the decoy, and he lures like the alien predator hunter monster into like a trap, and like you know you like have like a like a like a like a backyard jungle setting, and then you know. When the predator like you know decloaks and is ready to make the kill because he believes he's got like a worthy opponent, that's when Chris Hansen confronts the predator as to why it's there and like asks it questions like, "Were you gonna rip this guy's spinal cord out and put his skull on?" And then when the predator feels bad about itself and tries to leave, tries to get out of there, that's when Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny Glover, and Gary Busey can ambush it and they'll all be dressed like trees, like that guy that was always out front of the house in uh, the actual show dressed like a tree. But uh, that's uh, that's to catch the predator. That was actually a lot stupider than I thought it was going to be. But it's it's too late now. It's too late now. Jesus Christ, this this has gotten away from me. It's gotten away. It's completely gotten away from me. Time to get back on track. Um, okay. So I said earlier today that I was going to talk or earlier today. Jesus Christ. Earlier in this podcast that I was going to talk about my favorite uh, thing, one of the funniest things that I think is going on in the world right now, and that is Nicki Minaj versus. Cardi B. Um, again, these are apparently two female rap stars. Um, I, I guess I seen Nicki Minaj. She did something on SNL with that creep song with the Lonely Island and stuff like that, which kind of makes sense. But um, apparently, uh, her and this Cardi B rap uh, rap raptress is that what you call like a female rap artist, a raptress? I don't know. But they they they've gotten into this feud of sorts, and uh, you know, I so I looked them up. And physically, they are indistinguishable from one another. Cardi B could easily be a, like a Down Syndrome clone or a cousin or something of Nicki Minaj. Not to say Nicki Minaj doesn't look like she's got like the almond-shaped eyes or herself, but uh, you know they could easily—they're physically indistinguishable from each other, except for like whatever color the, their hair is going to be that day. Because you've got to tag these beasts. It's like putting releasing a squirrel back into the wild, or releasing a dolphin or a shark back out into the ocean. You put a tag on them, so that way you know which way that shark from a from a different shark, or that squirrel from a different squirrel. You know that's that's just how you do it with wild animals. So they one of them will periodically switch their hair color, so that way we know which one is which. Um, but they could easily be the same person. It could be a hologram. But uh, they, so both of these both of these raptresses are they're straight up garbage people. Uh, they look like high priced hooker clowns, and they're they're made entirely out of implants and old garbage. And uh, to 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 prove this point, I'm going to la- name off some of their hits. Nicki Minaj's hits include "All I Do Is Win." A song called Anaconda, which I've heard is just about having a big dick. Barbie Tings, meaning Barbie Things, 
but the word is spelled tings, T-I-N-G-Z. Blow your mind, ya mind, Y-A. Come on a cone. That's a Nicki Minaj song. It's called Come on a Cone. I don't know what it's about, but I I can guess. Um, Did it on them, which uh, I also can guess what that one's about. Get on your knees. I bet I can guess what that one's about, too. Uh, I endorse these strippers. That's a real Nicki Minaj song. All her songs are basically about the same. Oh, Nip Tuck. That's a song about her getting uh, ass implants and implants to make herself look pretty. Uh, Rich Sex. And lastly, but certainly not least, Truffle Bo- hasn't been around nearly as long. But here are some of her hits. Stripper Ho. Right off the back, she's got to you know, match up with uh, Nicki Minaj with Stripper Ho. Bodak Yellow, which I think is just nonsense. I think she was just yelling out syllables at that point. It's like, oh, what are you going to call your next song after Stripper Ho Cardi B? Ah, they do yo back up, Bodak Yellow. It's like, oh, okay. So well, she just she either was uh, she either had a stroke or she she's just firing off fucking syllables and enunciating uh, random shit. She has a song literally called Cardi B has a song literally called Cheap Ass Weave, which I'm guessing is an insult song about somebody's cheap ass weave. Uh, probably pretty self-explanatory. I, I I wish I had lyrics. And then wash popping. I don't know what wash popping is. It sounds like something you do in the shower. Maybe maybe wash popping is the opposite of truffle butter. And after you get the truffle butter from fucking somebody in the ass, and you get the shit on your dick, you got to get in the shower and do your wash popping on your dick to get the shit off your dick. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, you know, these are the things that I think of. But these are actual song titles of, from Nicki Minaj and Cardi B. Look them up. Listen to them. Tell me what they're about because I, 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 I don't know. I do know what Truffle Butter is about, and I can guess about a lot of them. Um, but so both of these, both of these uh, raptresses, I'm going to keep using that word. Hashtag raptress. Uh, element of surprise. Uh, trademarks the term raptress here from here on out. By the way, um, so both of these, uh, both of these raptresses are spotlight, spotlight loving mega cunts who are just again very, very likely related and very, very likely inbred. Um, now, what makes this important to me? You're wondering yourself, okay, well, Chad, well, you're going off about this stuff, but what, what's important about their feud? Why do you care? The truth is, I don't. I just enjoy how caught up in it that other people get, like, to the point that it makes, like, worldwide news, and it becomes trending news that, like, we, as a race, seem to focus on instead of shit that's actually important. And admittedly, I will be, I would be completely unaware of who either of these fucking, uh, troll goblins were had it not been for a co-worker another co-worker of mine who seemed to be really concerned over the whole feud and just really hopes that they can put it behind them and leave each other alone and get along because that's you know it's very important to this one person's life uh, in fucking Monroeville Pennsylvania if these two fucking gutter sluts can't fucking get along so after digging into it myself to find out what the whole thing was about I decided that I just simply couldn't ignore how fucking hilarious it was, and I had to address it here on the podcast. I had to, I had to tell all of you about it. And um, the thing that really gets me too is that it's vague. It, it vaguely reminds me of um, back when Andy Kaufman had his feud with Tony Clifton. Tony Clifton being a creation of his and Bob's Muda's, which was actually them in a costume. And Tony Clifton hated Kaufman, and he would talk shit on Andy Kaufman, and then Andy Kaufman would show up. And it'd be Bob's mood in the suit. Or uh, then you'd get uh, Andy Kaufman dressed up as Tony Clifton, and he'd do a thing, and he'd just insult the crowd and insult uh, Andy Kaufman, and they'd boo him off the stage and stuff. 
and uh, reminded me of their feud, or, or maybe um, possibly more like the feud between Kaufman and Jerry the King Lawler uh, when Andy Kaufman got into wrestling, but it reminds me of that because it seems so artificial. It seems so overtly staged and artificial, and it may be, it may be real, I don't know. I'm sure there are other people that are out there, out there that, are, that know about that shit, and that's what they address in their podcast, and if you want to hear about it, go listen to their podcast. I endorse you to go, I want you to go listen to every podcast you can, find which podcast works for you, I just also hope you listen to mine. But anyway, so here's what I want. I want Min- I want uh, I want Nicki Minaj and Cardi B to just pull like a Andy Kaufman and Tony Clifton deal. I want them just to start showing up wherever the other one is, and you know, fashion shows, late night talk shows, award shows, etc., etc., etc. Just like um, Andy Kaufman and Tony Clifton did, or Andy Kaufman and Jerry the King Lawler did. And I just want th- th- this whole situation to just escalate until the only option left for them is for them to fight to the death, preferably on a white sand beach by the light of a full moon with samurai swords. And then as they fight it out, we can just launch a grenade or some sort of explosive at them and, and, and wipe both of these sludgy, cum-ridden clown goblins from existence. And then, you know, after that's, uh, after all is said and done, and they're, and they're both dead, and their remains have been spread all over, and the truffle butter's been shot to hell and back, uh, you know, just let the ocean claim their remains and let the memory of either of them having existed fade away like the bruises of spousal abuse after the husband dies, quote, unexpectedly from liver failure and also a hammer blow to the skull. Um, but yeah, so that, that's, that's been the funniest thing in my life lately is just that, and I just wanted to share all of that with you. So, let's see. What else do I have? Let's see. What else do I have? What else do I have? Okay. Um, yeah, no, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it for, for this episode. Um, again, check out a Fireside Chat podcast hosted by my old friend Ryan McCormick. You can check that out at libsyn.com. Um, him and Tiffany Moore also host a new podcast called 4AM Knows All of My Secrets. That's also on Libsyn, and uh, it's very funny. I like it. It's a very good episode. Um, they're going to start introducing a uh, new, uh, what, what do they call it, media secrets, where Ryan or Tiffany will show the other something uh, unexpected that they've never seen before and just ju- you know describe it to the listeners while the other gives their reaction to it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to more segments of that. Um, Tiffany has also brought back the More Than You Can Chew podcast, also on Libsyn. So everything other than, you know, my podcast apparently is on Libsyn. Um, no, uh, there's the boys at McSauce, uh, Paul, Ian, and Matt, the McSauce comic book podcast. They are on Podomatic and YouTube. Uh, check them out. And then there's a Case in Point hosted by Mr. Justin Case on Audio Boom. That's the name of it, audioboom.com. Case in Point podcast hosted by Justin Case on Audio Boom. And, uh, you know, stay tuned for upcoming Element of Surprise things. I talked about the inappropriate costume party roundtable I'd like to get together. We're definitely doing Christmas caroling with Krampus. Uh, Bill Sines is going to once again join me for the Super Mario Brothers movie live commentary over that. We're going to do that live. And, uh, you know, we've got a bunch of new stuff, good stuff coming down the pipe. Thank you again. Be good to each other. Don't be like Cardi B. Don't be like Nicki Minaj. Be who you are. Own who you are. And, you know, just stay, just, uh, just cue the fucking bear music at this point. Just get, just cue the fucking bear music.